Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Until yesterday when they sent the release saying that they were going to send a release the next day. We'll talk about that. The schedules are out. Uh, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, obviously. Forgive me, allergies are kicking my butt right now. I've got a prescription called in. Well, it was supposed to be called in. The doctor hadn't approved it yet because I don't know why. They had hours today to uh, to approve it. They didn't. So I show up to the pharmacy to get it. And it wasn't ready. So maybe tomorrow. I don't know. Either way, I'm struggling a little bit uh, powering through with you. But we'll talk about that. And I've got one thought about the SEC West, especially directed towards a Mississippi State fan that may be down uh, on their team after what they saw on Saturday night. My name is Michael Borky. I usually sound a little bit better than this, but that's okay. Again, powering through on this Tuesday night. I'm glad you guys are with me. Really glad you guys are uh, with me. And uh, don't forget to subscribe if you have not already. Uh, please uh, like the video. Also, I would appreciate that a ton. So subscribe, like the video, follow on Twitter if you don't, Facebook if uh, if you don't. Find me there. Very simple, right there. I occasionally have the good tweet, and sometimes people like them. Most of the time, they do not. But that's okay. That is uh, that is okay. Tim, you like the intro music. Yeah, yeah, royalty-free stuff, too. That's always the good stuff, the stuff that you don't have to pay for. Uh, Brown Yeti says, evening, everyone. Glad to see you. Corey, still on that 11-1 train. I feel you. EGO1 says, missed the postgame show on Saturday. I was watching war crimes be committed in Bobby Dodd. Ooh, that was... That was ugly. Jeff Collins. Jeff Collins. I... I kind of feel bad for the guy. He he took over what felt like a near impossible situation, but either way. Memphis Trouble says, Hugh Freeze to MSU, it makes sense. I don't think they'd ever do it. I don't think they would ever in a million years uh, do it because uh, a multitude of reasons. It, it would make sense. Um, I don't think they would do it. I also don't think Mike Leach is on the kind of a hot seat that people think that he is. I could be wrong about that. I, I certainly suppose I could be. But a lot of people this week are talking about Mike, Le- Mike Leach and job security. And quite frankly, I, I don't I don't think that's a realistic conversation to have. I, I really oh, sorry. Sorry, terrible. Um, they just gave him a raise and an extension. 
just now gave him a raise and an extension, like going into this season. Uh, you know, people always say the money's always there no matter what. I'm, I think there's a little bit of reluctance there because I don't know if they have $16 million just to hand to Mike Leach and a buyout the way like Texas A&M would or Auburn d- did for Gus, for example. I don't know if they have that kind of money uh, to, to be able to do that. I also think that it would be a very stupid decision regardless of the results of the Egg Bowl. I know that that's what people are talking about this week is, you know, hey, if he goes 7-5 and five and loses the Egg Bowl again, he's got to be gone. I, I understand. I understand why fans think that way. I understand that. But you will really truly destroy, absolutely destroy your reputation in the coaching world if you go Joe Moorhead, who went to two bowl games and beat Ole Miss twice and fired, and the two decades long established Mike Leach three years and fired, especially if he goes to three straight bowl games and fired, your candidate list will not be what you think it is. And I know people say, oh, well, they'll find somebody. Uh, of course, they will eventually sign, find somebody to take the job. Uh, of course, they will. But when that is what you have done in the last five years, if that is what you've done, then the candidates that you think that you can get, you're not getting I saw somebody earlier today on our text line said Jeff Levy, for example. If you fire Mike Leach after three years, and let's say he goes seven and five, goes to another bowl game, after you fire Jim Moorhead after two years, when he was a hot shot coordinator, Jeff Levy's not taking that job. Nobody is. You can't go two and out and then three and out and have a respectable candidate list. And even if you decide that that's what you want to do, Somebody else needs to make the hire anyway. So I don't think that's I don't know if that's a realistic conversation to be had. Truthfully, I I just I don't think it's I think it's very premature uh, to to be having that conversation. Truthfully, and I think it would be a foolish thing to do to go two and out and three and out on coaches um, at Mississippi State. Uh, I do. Chase says I get to watch my parents' alma mater go against the dogs week one. Yeah, the the week. One, next year is pathetic. EG wants his prediction. Brian Harson won't be the Auburn coach when they travel to Oxford. There's no, uh, you know, unless the players are revolting, I don't understand you know, why fire right now. And people will say, oh, well, it helps you get a head start on the coaching search. You can already do that. And no candidate is going to do serious stuff until after the season's over anyway. Yeah, you get a head start, but what does that really get you? What did that get Nebraska? They had to spend seven more million dollars than they would have had they waited three weeks, and they still got embarrassed by Oklahoma. Now, what do you really – Arizona State's a different story because they suck and they have a bunch of scandal and issue. You know, if the players like Brian Harson, if they like him, if they will keep playing for him, don't fire him until they have quit. And maybe you could argue that they quit on Saturday. There's a lot of issues at Auburn. But if the players generally like him, why fire now? What do you get? What's the benefit? 
Corey says, if Ole Miss beats Kentucky handedly, would you at least consider it? Yes, I would. If Kentucky comes to Oxford and and Ole Miss just rolls them, then yes, I, I would put that on the table. Memphis Rebel says, Neil said Lane could have put up 60 if he wanted, but with growing up in a coaching world, he knew what was down the road with Jeff and had enough respect for him to not totally embarrass him. I buy that. I mean, he said it in his press conference, but coaches aren't always truthful. Uh, I do buy that. They really did dial it back. They they put a lot of guys in late. that, And, you know, I, I think Lane's a little full of it when he says he, he would have thrown with Luke had the game been closer. Here's the thing. If the game had been closer, he wasn't going in the game. And we all know that. I, I guess he's doing this, you know, for, for internal stuff. I, I don't know why. I don't really care. It doesn't affect me much. We all have eyes and brains. Most of us have brains anyway. Um, and we know what the deal is. And, and Luke Altmaier knows what the deal is. And the team knows what the deal is. So why, for whatever reason, he's doing this. And, and it, you know, it doesn't affect, it doesn't affect anything at all. So I, I think it's, it's rather harmless. But I, I did get a kick out of that. Well, you know, if, if the game would have been closer, we would have thrown it. Well, he wouldn't have been in if the game was closer. Also, he's not 100%. And, you know, when you – and he didn't do this. I'm specifically – and I don't I don't like doing this. I don't know why I keep doing it. But I, I saw a media member describe his throwing shoulder as a little banged up, but he's fine. Okay. Okay. That's why I didn't practice because he's totally fine. When, when you're throwing shoulder, when you're doing this with your throwing shoulder, yeah, you're totally fine the next day. No. Mm-mm. Why hasn't Jamie Chadwell gotten his first shot at a Power 5 program? My guess is it's just very new. Um, and he's not se- – first of all, he's not sexy enough because he's the Coastal Carolina coach. But take Eli Drinkwitz, for example. He was a head coach for one year, and he took over a program that was winning on its own. You know, I wonder if people are weary of – a group of five coach that is a flash in the pan and that they're less likely to go get him because you don't have a big enough sample size. Maybe they're just waiting to see him do it for multiple years before they pull the trigger. Um, I would go after him. I think that offense is so much fun. I mean, it's coastal Carolina was a diploma mill uh, for a while. And it it was just, it's not an easy place to win because they haven't done it. And yet here he is doing it. Tim says the coaches are not losing at MSU. The receivers are. I think it's a little bit of both. You think that they – if I were State, I would call Chadwell in a heartbeat. That offense is fun. That, that it's, it's creative and nuanced and fun and very difficult to stop. EGO once says I kind of see the A&M and Arkansas games as pivotal for Leach. If he loses them, there's going to be a lot of heat. Well, same thing with the Egg Bowl. Brown Yeti says, if Leach on a hot seat, this is the SEC West. You should expect a loss on the road, and we are the only we are only one game in the conference play. I've got a thought on the SEC West that I, I will get to, I promise. We'll do the schedules and then I'll I'll I will hopefully provide some positives. So Saturday I was quite negative uh, about Mississippi State because it, it was deserved. The, 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 
fans have got to start questioning when is it going to end. Um, the offense is predictable, clearly, and not explosive, and they make mistakes, too many. When is that going to end, though? It is becoming a habit for this team. That's got it. Something's got to give there. And that's true. That will remain true. I would be concerned. And I think fans are justified in being concerned. I might, though, give you a little feel-good something tonight. Not manufactured either. I actually, I truly believe this take. Hot take. Auburn names Calzada the quarterback, blows out Missouri, and he clicks on offense enough to go 8-4. and four. He'll still get fired, or he'll leave. Um, Brian Harson's not going to continue coaching at Auburn. The situation is so toxic. It's you, you can't continue. Nothing he can do will save his job. Uh, or, or nothing he can do will tell me he's going back next year. Nope. Jason says, quote, if 7-5 and five loses the Egg Bowl and fired is dumb as hell, and I'm not a fan of Leach's circus trick offense. It's only a second full year. Have to leave him alone without utter catastrophe. EG1 says, I think State has issues all over the field. They look a lot like last year. Yes, they do. Very, very similar anyway. That's, that's the concern is I made the joke on the radio show that we could have just Cut the LSU reaction from 2021 and played it this year, and it would have all directly applied. I agree. I'm not high on LSU either. I I think the SEC West is largely a a bit of a hodgepodge. Brian Yeti says, Auburn, we hate Gus, and he can't win more than eight games, but every three seasons also Auburn. Our coach is bad. He can't win eight games. Um. Kyle says, as an Alabama fan, will somebody take Bill O'Brien? He's going to be on some of these lists. He, he is. Uh, that's probably mostly just good agenting, but he will. Wide receiver drops aren't new for State. It was bad out here the week before in Arizona and last year. It's absolutely on coaching if they don't get better. Watched my Saturday show yesterday. Great job. I appreciate it. Got to hand it to the Ole Miss fans that travel to the ATL party till the place closed. Awesome, man. Glad you guys had fun. Hopefully they tipped you well. Oh, good. I've got a bot in here. Let's go ahead and end that, huh? Yep, that's gone. Took me a while. Sorry about that. I'm going to need a mod. Yeah, I don't even have a 1,000 subscribers yet. I, I can't. <laughs> oh, man. No, I. This is going to be a solo project forever, you know. Um, unless you know, until I get my own radio show one day, and then then we'll just stream on here my radio show whenever that day comes. But for now, I've got to work with two other people. It has its perks, and those perks are, um. Th- there are some. I just don't know. What they are off the uh, off the top of my head. Do I think Auburn would fire Harson earlier to compete with Nebraska for Lance Leopold? No, because he will he, he won't pull a trigger uh, before the carousel begins. N- no coach is going to take a job before he knows which ones are open and, and stuff like that. There, there's no getting ahead. It's not a race, um, in in that sense anyway. Uh, whoever's first to contact him or whoever's first to come open doesn't mean that they're going to get the job or they're going to get the guy that they want. Um, no, he would be smart 
to to weigh all of his options and be patient. As patient as he can be anyway. You're going to be on the Jamie train until he gets his shot. And if he fails, yeah, I, I support that fully. I think he's phenomenal. I think that that team is fun and the culture is fun. Um, you can argue that their approach uh, is is very similar to what's happening with, with Ole Miss right now. Innovative offense. It, it's the it. Okay, it's serious. Don't I, I'm not saying that Ole Miss football is not serious under Lane Kiffin. That's not what I mean. But they don't take themselves too seriously. If that makes sense. Um, Deion Sanders to Georgia Tech would be crazy. I, I don't know if Georgia Tech would be willing to to just maybe they would, but they would they would just need to just let him be him and just hand it over and and they also have to lower their academic standards. So let's talk about these schedules. We'll uh, we'll look at states first. I, I will share the screen with you also, and and we can look at this. So we'll look at states. First, actually, before we get to schedules, I, here is something. You guys know that I like the NFL more than college. I, I love the NFL. I, I think it's just a better football product. Now, college has more chaos and unpredictability, and, and the tradition and the atmospheres are better. But if I want to watch good football, the NFL is better football. It's better played. The offenses are better. Everything about it is more professional. It's more streamlined. That's what I like. That's what I prefer. I don't need chaos to enjoy football. I just want to see high-quality play and execution. I think that exists more in the NFL. But something that they do really well is marketing and public relations. As an NFL fan, I adopted the Saints when I moved here a decade ago, when I moved to Jackson. You are right, though. Last night was not good NFL football. That was brutal. Um, I didn't watch much because of how bad the games were. Usually, though, it's pretty damn good football. Point is, as an NFL fan of a team, 10 months out of the year, I've got something to consume. So the season begins in September, goes through February. And then they have the combine, and then they have the draft, and then they have mini camps, and then they have schedule release day, and then they have OTAs, and then they have training camp. It is a constant news cycle. They are always creating news, and they are always giving fans something to care about. All year long, as a Saints fan, I've got Saints stuff to consume. It doesn't feel really like there's an offseason. They give March to college basketball. That, that's about it. The NFL has taken over sports because they know how to put themselves in the news always. College football, and yes, the Saints offense is putrid. Uh, defense is phenomenal, though. Um, but what college football needs to do is take a page out of the NFL's playbook when it comes to promotion, specifically the SEC. Why are you releasing your schedule on Tuesday in the middle of the season for next year? Why are you doing this today? What, what's the point? You can tell the schools, hey, these are going to be your games. Do something super creative with your video team or whatever, and we'll release it in February, at the end of February. The Super Bowl get played, 
How about 10 days after the Super Bowl when football is really dying down? Boom, we'll give our fans something. Schedule release day in February. Instead, it's on Tuesday night. They gave the teams the schedule, and you know, Ole Miss did like juice videos, and like most people just put out a graphic because that's all they they really could do. Schedule release day in the NFL is awesome. It is awesome because the teams know way ahead of time. They have these super intricate and creative videos, and it's done in the middle of nothing. It's done in the middle of the nothing. And the thing is, you already know who you're going to play. On schedule release day, I knew who the Saints were going to play already. All they did was tell me the order. I knew who the teams on the schedule were going to be. They just told me the order, and I was excited because the Saints made a really 10-minute long, like awesome release video, and I sat down on that night and watched all these videos, and I sat, I sat down and like ranked them in my head, which ones I liked the most and which ones I liked the least. It was a full news cycle in the middle of the offseason that got me jacked up about the schedule release. The PR 101, why are you doing this now? Do this in February or March or April. Do it later. I mean, I guess the fa- you want the fans to know a little bit earlier and stuff, but in the middle of the season, this is an afterthought. It's nothing. I mean, we're going to talk about it here. We'll talk about it a little bit on the radio tomorrow, but everybody's minds are on the season right now. Well, what is so hard about doing this when we've got nothing to consume? College football has a – college football does a lot of things right. Ratings are reflecting how the sport, the regular season of the sport, is quite healthy. The postseason stinks. Regular season's in good shape. Fans are still interested despite all of the garbage discourse around how NIL has ruined the game. No, it didn't. And I told I told you guys it wouldn't, and it didn't, and, and nobody's tuning it out like they said they would. But college football does die after the national championship game. Because signing day in February isn't signing day anymore. It's not signing day anymore. The class is already done, and that's done before the season ends. Spring practice, nobody has access to anymore. And then the summer, there's no no access. Training camp is not near as long as the NFLs. There's no OTAs and all that crap. So college football kind of dies for a while. It disappears from our view for a while. Take a page out of the NFL's playbook. And make yourself interesting when you don't have games. That's my rant of the night. This should be happening in February. This should not be happening today. There's another one, the transfer portal windows. That's a good one. Transfer portal day should be a day. Like when free agency comes open. There there are shows. NFL Live does a free agency special. We could do that in college football too. We could do that in college football too. So that's my uh, that's my rant uh, of the day. Yeah, the Titans stink. The Titans absolutely uh, stink. Exactly. The games, are, we already knew who they were going to play. It's just the order, but you can make it fun. Chase says, yes, State did something creative last year with Jack, but like halfway through the season. It's, it's a shame. You don't let in the, the media teams can't be as creative because they don't have a long enough time to, to really do it. You say, especially if Oklahoma and Texas decided to pay the bill if the conference paid half and they decided to jump a year early. Yeah, they'll be in in 2024. This confirms that they won't be in next year, I think. 
I hate how we already know Ole Miss is playing USC in a few years. Imagine if that just got announced in a schedule reveal. Good. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. All right. Now, here is Mississippi State's schedule. And we'll look at it. C-Law to open Arizona and LSU all at home back to back to back. C-Law, Arizona, and LSU back to back to back. They go to Columbia, South Carolina, play the Gamecocks then host Alabama and Western Michigan. It's a Western Michigan team that beat Pittsburgh last year, for whatever that's worth. Then they go to Auburn and Kentucky in consecutive weeks, come back home to host Kentucky, go to College Station, and host Southern Miss and Ole Miss to end the season. So quick takeaways from it. Um, you do draw South Carolina from the east. You would have rather it been – Vanderbilt or Missouri, but I, I would rather draw South Carolina than what they get this year in Georgia. You'll take that trade. I mean, I, I would much rather go to Columbia than play Georgia at home. Uh, no doubt about that. So uh, they, they get a little bit of a break there with their East opponent. There is a brutal stretch, though, an absolutely brutal stretch. Arkansas, so at Arkansas, at Auburn, Kentucky at home, at Texas A&M. That four-game stretch, I mean, it is the SEC. You're going to have brutal stretches of games no matter what. But that four-game stretch right there, that's tough. That is a really tough road for Mississippi State uh, to have those games in consecutive weeks without a bye. Those are consecutive weeks with uh, without a bye, if I'm looking at this correctly, right? Yeah. Yep, that is uh, that's tough sledding. That is uh, tough sledding. So their their buy happens actually before that four game stretch. So you get a nice uh, break after Western Michigan before you go to Arkansas. But that four game stretch is is pretty tough. Uh, the next thing is having Southern Miss before the Egg Bowl. Now, when we look at Ole Miss's schedule in a second, uh, you, you Ole Miss, I think gets a break having Louisiana Monroe uh, before the Egg Bowl as opposed to Southern Miss. Now, I know things aren't going particularly well with uh, with Will Hall right now, and, and th that's okay. Th this depends on what you think they're going to be by the end of last year. Southern Miss fans hope that they're better than they are currently by the end uh, of, of next year, I should say. Um, but maybe not for the players on the field uh, on the state sideline. But I, I wonder how playing in what will be to some degree an emotionally charged game uh, will be like before the Egg Bowl. Because now, again, I mean, if Southern Miss and State played right now, State would win by a lot. I mean, it, you know, it's Southern Miss can have all the emotions in the world. They wouldn't go to Starkville and win today. They just wouldn't. I think that's pretty obvious but um i can't help but wonder it's cool right i saw hey on twitter say that it was cool that you've got southern miss before uh, the egg bowl and i agree that that's cool having southern miss and old miss in your place in back-to-back -back weeks the end to end the season I, I can see why people will like that but having what will feel like some kind of an emotionally charged game before the egg bowl i i can't help but wonder what that will feel like or what that will be like now again it's Southern Miss. Mississippi State should always beat Southern Miss. If if Southern Miss is going to be an issue before the Egg Bowl, then State's going to have issues uh, next season. So again, I, you know, you guys know how I feel about that. But 
Arizona in week two, as Jason says, might be might be tough, but it's at home. You should still be better than them. They do get a break with who they get from the East. Um, that's also not the easiest stretch in the world. LSU at South Carolina, Alabama, but again, you're in the SEC. You're going to have brutal stretches regardless. But man, that four-game stretch after the bye on October 21st, at Arkansas, at Auburn, Kentucky at home, at Texas A&M is, uh, is a tough one. So there's Mississippi State's schedule for next year. We'll turn it around and we'll do the same thing here for Ole Miss. I will share this. Wait a minute. Now we should be able to do it. There we go. That's better. All right. I like, uh, I like a little juice there. Juice is cool. Labs are uh, labs are cool. Dogs are cool. Everybody loves dogs. Putting little juice there is pretty cool. So Mercer at home at Tulane in week two. New Orleans uh, uptown. New Orleans. I people were saying this about Atlanta. I, the same thing about New Orleans. I'm not telling you that you should want to live there, but if you are trying to tell me that you can't have fun in New Orleans. That is not a New Orleans problem. That is a you problem. That is not a New Orleans problem. That is something wrong with you, especially with Tulane, and you're staying in the Garden District or uptown. You know, go to uh, Oak Street. You know, and, and stay away from all the the garbage that is Bourbon Street. But if you're hanging out up there and you can't have a good time for a weekend. Uh, that says only bad things about you and nothing bad about New Orleans. Anyway, so I love that city. I'm biased. You guys know it. I don't care. That's a good road trip. That's a fun road trip. If you can't enjoy yourself there, there's something wrong with you. Georgia Tech at home, very likely a new head coach. We'll see who that is when Georgia Tech comes to Oxford. And here, friends, is the brutal stretch for... Ole Miss. So we talked about a four-game stretch for Mississippi State. Here's one. Uh, luckily, a bye week breaks some of it up. But at Alabama, LSU, Arkansas at home, at Auburn. Now, again, a bye week splits up the games between Arkansas and Auburn. But that, guys, is a tough, tough, tough stretch. And then you do get Vanderbilt and Texas A&M at home. But Texas A&M physically is going to be a tough game, and then immediately after that, you're in Athens. You you hate seeing Georgia on your schedule. I mean, they are just a machine. And uh, you, you trade Kentucky, who's quite good. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but trading Kentucky for Georgia is not ideal. I, having Georgia on your schedule just sucks because that is a schedule loss. I know, I know Ole Miss might be good next year because the quarterback's back and you should have two of your three-headed monster at running back and defensively, you know, they should still be quite good next year. They'll return a lot, but come on, watch Georgia play and tell me that. Anyway, as we sit right here, that's a schedule loss. Um, and then Louisiana Monroe before the Egg Bowl, that's a nice break for Ole Miss as opposed to what they're dealing with this year uh, before the Egg Bowl. So 
you know, there's a chance getting Arkansas and LSU at home are, are nice breaks, I suppose. Going to Alabama, going to Georgia, those are essentially what feel like two schedule losses considering where those programs are. Um, it, it's all about, well, who the new Auburn coach is. Um, we'll see what that's like in year one. And we will see. That's Ole Miss's schedule. Getting Georgia sucks. Welcome to the SEC. When they get rid of divisions, you're going to have years where you'll play Alabama and, and Georgia and Florida and LSU, and then years where you will avoid all of them. But for now, this is kind of what you have uh, have to deal with. So that stretch after Georgia Tech is insane for Ole Miss. Yeah, it's tough. That's really tough. You say Ole Miss should play at Tulane every year and that they shouldn't have to come to Oxford. Yeah, just go down there and play. I mean, it's a nice, it's a small stadium, but it's nice. It's in a really good spot. Um, you know, I, I know the city's dealing with a lot, but that area is is really nice, really fun, safer anyway. You say seven and five at least for Ole Miss next year. I hear that. Ole Miss needs to beat LSU and Arkansas at home with Georgia Bama on there. I would be very nervous about a road trip to Auburn any year. Absolutely. Absolutely. But at least it's a new coach for whatever that's worth. All right. Last thing. And then, uh, and then I'm going to leave you, uh, leave you with this thought. So state fans are obviously very concerned about what they saw on Saturday. As I told you, I think that concern is justified. Mississippi state is a flawed football team. Uh, they are not explosive enough offensively. I think offensive line now is a, an area of concern. I don't know if they protected well enough on Saturday, and that would concern me. And also, they have a propensity to play sloppy. They are flawed, and we saw that. However, I also think that we saw that they are quite salty on defense. The 31 number on the scoreboard for LSU is not reflective of – what they're able to do defensively. If you're looking for a silver lining, State fans, it's that I think everybody in the SEC West is flawed. I do. You can look at every single team in the West and point out a fatal flaw. Arkansas, I think it's their secondary. I really think that they are susceptible in the back end of their defense, and they are going to give up yards and points to good passing offenses. We already saw LSU's weakness. They are one-dimensional offensively. I don't think up front they're quite good enough. I don't think they're really dynamic at running back. Um, They're going to have a hard time scoring most weeks. Uh, Anyway, you look – so I said Arkansas, there's LSU's, there's Mississippi State's, Ole Miss, they're inexperienced at quarterback. And offensive line play, uh, they were better this past week, but it is still um, an area of some concern, at least a wait and see, but they are inexperienced at quarterback. Now, Ole Miss looks quite good. They do. They haven't been tested yet, but still, young and inexperienced at quarterback. Uh, Auburn, well, it'd be better to point out the things that they are good at. Alabama, I'm not sure they're as dynamic at wide receiver as they've been in years past. I don't think the running game is near uh, as good as it's been in years past. Texas A&M cannot score. Texas A&M is elite defensively, but they cannot score. Um, 
Max Johnson didn't look like he was the answer in place of Haynes King. Uh, Jimbo's offense, as I've talked about for years with you guys and on the radio show, is dated. And they're going to have to win a bunch of low-scoring games. The point is, State fans, your football team is flawed. So are the rest of them. I think when Arkansas comes to Starkville, you can win that game. Now, you've got to play better than you did on Saturday, but I think you can win that game. I think you can beat Texas A&M in a similar way that you did a year ago. Was it sloppy? Yeah. Should you be concerned about the offense? Yeah. Did you see Arkansas play on Saturday? They've got a lot to be concerned about. Did you see Texas A&M play the last couple of weeks? They do, too. The SEC West is filled with teams that are flawed. Your season is not quite over yet. They just got to be cleaner. But everybody in the West is fatally flawed. We'll see if they can take advantage. All right. Does Ole Miss unleash their turnover teeth on defense this weekend? Yeah, I can't believe they didn't get one last week, but it was more of just like they didn't give Georgia Tech an opportunity to like conduct offense to turn the football over. It was more just like at the point of attack. It was just over. Yeah, I agree. I agree. There, there are some limitations there, but they, they don't protect them well enough either. Arkansas is absolute. Arkansas is gettable for everybody. Now, I like Jefferson. I like the running game. I think they're well coached. But they're gettable for everybody. What if Calzada does good enough to be 9-3 and three because of their defense? Does that save his job? I think he's leaving regardless. I do. I do. I think he's leaving regardless. Zurich says, calling 9-3 and three for Ole Miss in 23. You'll see widely different versions of each of the teams on the schedule. Ole Miss returns most of its playmakers. EG01 says, State's run defense, especially against the quarterback, was very concerning. LSU's not a good running team at all, and they got over 200 yards. It was mostly scrambling and, and stuff, though. Daniels beat him on beat them on broken plays. They contained him well and just kind of got worn down. But either uh, either way. So we'll be back Thursday. Not a whole lot of, of true picking and, and stuff that we can do this weekend. It's Bowling Green and Tulsa. Bowling Green and Tulsa. So we'll have to we'll have to find something to talk about on Thursday. But Brian Harson to Arizona State. That makes sense. Just if I were him, I'm I'd just get out. Even if I find a way to win nine games, which I don't think they will, but if I find a way, I'm gone. I am gone. Anyway, thank you guys so much. Like the video. Please subscribe if you have not already. I'll see you on Thursday night, same time, 745. See you then. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.